This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. For today's Daylight Magazine, we have Your Bible and You, Youth Corner, and Moment of Truth. I'm your presenter, Emanuela Brefumensa, welcoming you to today's magazine. Stay tuned. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is now time for your Bible and you. For our reflections, we shall look at Genesis chapter 4, verses 15 to 21. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Erod, and Erod was the father of Mahujael, and Mahujael was the father of Methusael, and Methusael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Silah. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Chubo. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. You just listened to the audio version of Genesis chapter 4, verses 15 to 21. Keep this in your heart. We will bring you joy. Keep hope alive. Brace yourself for our next segment, Youth Corner. They must lay beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. Hi listener, welcome to your favorite youth program, Youth Corner. I'm your host, Russell Mensah, and today we are having the third part of our discussion, Healthy Youth Relationships. To have this discussion with me, we have again... Emma Lindate. John-Louis Opata. Ba-ai-kusi. Guys and baby, 
You are welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Last time we met here, we spoke about the pressures that go into marriages. Just because people feel there's this bond as a result of intimate moments that they share. And this sometimes mar the relationships while they are still young. But what is your take on intimate relationships that are quote-unquote unhealthy? For me, I think no matter who you are, wherever you find yourself, you should indulge in any unhealthy relationship. In the sense that at the end of the day, as we said, the basic aim of every relationship is to make sure that everybody in the relationship and around the relationship should be comfortable. And then at the end of the day, you should have an improvement in your life as a result of joining that particular world or being involved in that relationship. relationship. So if none of this is achieved, then I don't see why that relationship can be classified as a healthy one. Obviously, it becomes an unhealthy one. The situation where you keep on calling the person constantly, that doesn't show that you love the person. That doesn't show love to me because there is insecurity in love. And that is a very big there, issue is, in There is insecurity in love. The Bible says that perfect love casts away fear. So as long as fear comes in, the love is questionable. Exactly. And also to add to what Pastor said, you see, for you to ever experience a healthy relationship, what values do you even have? Okay. You see, you can only take what you encourage. You don't have to complain about what you've permitted. You understand? Okay. If you're a lady and then a guy taps you on the back, and then you smile and you laugh, what makes you think the guy will do the next day? Encouraging. Exactly. So you yourself should be the standard of a healthy relationship. Okay. Do unto others what you want to be done unto you. It's a very simple principle that cannot be shaken. From what you said, it means that we are supposed to be the element of change you want to see. Thank you very so much, my brother. Let's say you want a healthy relationship. You have to show conduct or behaviors that will prove that really you are into a healthy relationship. The Bible says he that must have a friend should show himself friendly. Okay. That is it. That's just the principle. So carrying on from there, how can you make all these talks that we're having about love and being the elements of change reflect in, let's say, a teamwork as a group has been given an assignment to do as a team? How could you make it reflect? Because a typical example, you'd have group members who are not always cooperative with you. And as head of the group, you battle within yourself. What should I do to these people? And on and on and on, because you all want to make your mark. You want to make the best grade out of that course. And yet your team members are not being cooperative with you. How can you make all this we are saying transcend into the least relationship that you think of? It just reminded me of something. Back in school, when we were students, you are having to write examinations and then your friend says you should help the person in the examination hall. They tell you, if you don't do that, you're not friends. Do you know that's a situation? Yeah, they tell you, oh, as friends, you should help each other in the examination hall. And then now, teamwork. What points am I trying to say? Discipline. The fact that I'm your friend doesn't mean I should help you bend or break the rule. I don't know if Bao or Pata agree with me. Yeah, you shouldn't break the rule. You should actually encourage a standard. We said something that a friend should make you a better person. That's it. How do I make you a better person if I encourage you to fall? Even if you I help think you, the person do the wrong thing. It's teamwork and it's expected. Everybody should bring their contributions. And I don't allow you, for example, they say, do not let the name of the person be in the group work if the person doesn't do it. Okay. To some extent, some people might say, oh, if as a group leader and I listen to my lecture, I'm being unfair. When you go to work, the work setting, because you are being trained to go to the work, you will do the same thing again. Have I made that person a better person? That's the question. If you can answer that question, then you will know whether you are being a good friend or not. Any comments? Well, I believe that it's a very fair thing to say and that you encourage 
your friend, partner, whoever it is in a relationship with, to be a better person. And so for that matter, you do the right thing so that you don't cause the person to do the wrong thing. So that at the end, all of you come out as better people. I think in a university in Ghana, there's a policy that has been introduced such that a student will trust himself not to copy from another student. Okay? If someone sees another copy, let's use those of us here for an example. We are taking an exam together. And I see, let's say, John asking Emily, what I'm supposed to do as a third party is to report. That's the policy. policy. (laughs) Okay? So then there is some sort of policy from above to check the individual's discipline levels. So like Emmeline mentioned, your discipline is key. Once you're disciplined enough to make sure that your partner, your friend, companion, colleague, whatever it is, is doing the right thing, at the end of it all, bars comments, they are all going to come out as better people. So moving on from there, I believe we've had a very insightful session and we are going to continue on our next session looking at the signs of a breaking down relationship. When I say breaking down relationship, the signs that show that this relationship is an unhealthy one. So I've had this discussion today with my colleagues, Emily Date, John Luis Paja, and the show was ably produced by Kofi Holman. I've been your host, Russell. Thank you so much, listener, for listening in. Have a good day. Further information or study materials on issues we have discussed, please write to Adventist World Radio Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box AF 595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. Or if you have access to the internet, send us an email through radio at vvu.edu.gh. Or better still, you can call us on Plus two three 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 zero seven zero five one zero five eight or plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two. If our lines are busy, don't give up. Just keep on trying, for we are expecting your calls, emails and letters. This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. We will bring you joy. Keep hope alive. Our God, the mighty God, my Adonai, our King, He's given all that He can give. He's given Son, a living God, who gave his life for men.
The only way to multiply happiness is to draw closer to God through His Word. It is now time for Moments of Truth. Welcome, my dear listener, to the moment of truth. I'm very grateful that every day you make time to listen to the Word of God. It is my heart desire that the words you listen to will be a blessing unto you and your family. I pray that God will reveal Himself to you in every time that you listen to Him. May this hour also be a blessing as you listen to the Word of God from Pastor Godfrey Kwesi Ataboro. I want to share with you a message from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. And it is about the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Therefore, I would give it a title, The Lost. There are three different groups of lost people in this parable. In the book of Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, Jesus said, Now the Bible says that now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus Christ. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. When the Pharisees and the tax collectors and the sinners all came around, they came to listen to Jesus preaching the word of life. But when they came, these Pharisees found fault with Jesus Christ. They began to accuse him. They began to see him as somebody who was too tolerant. Why does this man eat with sinners? Why does he gather and sit down with tax collectors? And Jesus, as usual, gave them parables to illustrate divine truth. And he began by saying, Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Then he continued, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus tells them another parable. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth 
in wild living, and he had spent everything. There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So when he went, he hired himself out to a citizen in that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now the Bible continues to present the misery of this young man. And then this young man realized that, no, I must go back to my father's house. My father has enough to give to even the servants in the house. Why am I suffering in an, a foreign country like this? I will return to my father and plead with him that, though I don't deserve to be your son, just receive me as one of your servants. And the Bible says that this young man made a move. He went to the house. And the father was in constant expectation of this young man. He was always looking to the way. Well, when will my son return? When will my son return? And the Bible says, when the father saw the son approaching, he rushed to him, welcomed him, kissed him and brought him to the house, changed his remit, and began to make a party for him. The same way that heavens rejoices when a sinner is found, the same way that this man rejoiced for finding his son back. Now, what is in this parable? Jesus was giving this parable to the Pharisees to tell them something deeper than they ever knew. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like someone who has hundred sheep. He loses one and goes to search for it. God has many sons. God is able to create many people. Yet when he made man and a man lost his dignity, when he lost his right to be a son of God, the Bible says that God had to stoop down Come to man, search for man, and save man. He found man helpless, hopeless, and without any future. And God decided, I will come down and live with man and search for the lost. And when I find them, I will be jubilant. I will rejoice. I want to say that there are many people who are lost. They are like the lost sheep. Though they know they are lost, they can't find their way home. Such people, God is always searching for them. You might be one of them. You may be lost, you know, but you don't know how to come to Jesus. Through this message, Jesus is saying that I am open-handed. I am willing to receive you if only you will come. And he has sent his messengers to preach the message to you. That when you hear the voice of the shepherd, you would follow him. Some also are like the lost coin. The lost coin is inanimate. He does not even have a sense of lostness. He does not know that he is lost and therefore does not even bother himself or herself. But such people, the Savior, like this woman who lost the coin, would light the lamp everywhere, searching for this lost coin. God is using everything possible to find you because he knows you are lost and he knows that you don't even know. Today the message is coming. Receive him and Jesus will save you. He will make your life different. He will give your life hope. He will promise you eternal life as he has promised many there are some too who are like the lost son he knew his father he knew his way back home and he decided to go away you have come to taste god you have gone back you know that you have gone back and you are perishing why don't you find your way back like that lost son god is always ready to receive you please it is never too late no one is so lost beyond redemption no sin is too much that God cannot forgive. Trace your way back to God and he will welcome you. He will save you and make you a new person.
with new destiny. May God bless you that you are coming back. May God bless you that you receive this message and make a step toward God. And God will make double steps towards you. May he bless you as you have decided to take a new step with God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. If you need further information or study materials on issues we have discussed, please contact us on Adventist World Radio Ghana, Valley View University, P.O. Box AF595, Adenta, Accra, Ghana, West Africa. Or if you have access to the internet, send us an email through radio at vvu.edu.gh or better still you can call us on plus two three 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 zero seven zero five one zero five eight or plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two if our lines are busy don't give up just keep on trying for we're expecting your calls emails and letters my dear listener i believe you have been blessed by our programs keep pondering over lessons learned from our magazines to stay blessed enjoy the rest of your day i have been your presenter emanuela brifo mensa bye for now <laughs>